fans and welcome to another wonderful episode of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. As the title says, my name is Roy Lusher and this week I am bringing to you another blast from the past, a name that a lot of you people will recognize from the glory days of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah as well. The guest here is a graduate of the All Japan Dojo. On top of that, he was right in the thick in the middle of right when All Japan and Noah had their split and tells a lot of wonderful stories here about what happened when the split happened, who went and for what reason, his feelings behind it, and everything in between. As some of you may know, my guest this week is Mr. Richard Slinger. Without any further ado, uh, let's get to the interview with Richard Slinger that I recorded. Here it goes. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Welcome, wrestling fans. This is Roy Lusher here with Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher, and I have a special guest here, someone that's made dozens and dozens of appearances in the ring in Japan, and I am honored to have this man on the show. We have Mr. Richard Slinger on the show for us today. Mr. Slinger, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Okay, so, like, have you been a wrestling fan your entire life? Oh, yeah. Ever since I was able to watch TV and, oh, man, as long as I can remember. (laughs) uh, Probably ever since I was able to walk. Who are some of your favorites growing up watching wrestling? Some of my favorites? Oh, man. Probably some of the old-timers like uh, Jackie Fargo and, of course, my uncle and the Three Birds and, man, uh, 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 Tojo Yamamoto. Those are some of the names that come to mind. And, uh, uh, you know, Luthez even. <laughs> Dez is a great one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, you were one of the few gaijins who graduated from the All Japan Dojo how did you get connected to the dojo to start with? Well, I was 17, and I graduated high school, man, and Terry was going back and forth over there. He wanted me to uh, get involved with it and, and go through their, uh, live at their dormitory and go through their training cycle after I graduated, so... He brought me back. He said, "He said it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult." And he said, "They're going to take your, your pride away from you, and then they'll turn around and take it away again." And uh, uh, before that, he started. You know, when I was 16, he, he said, "For you to get ready, I want you to uh, get into taekwondo." I, I was already wrestling at the, at the high school, so I quit wrestling and got into taekwondo, and I, I got all the way to. Uh, Oh, it was my the one right before your uh, first degree black belt. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going over there uh, when I was seventeen, two weeks after I graduated. Man, no one, uh, not any Japanese. Uh, the only words I knew were "sayonara," which is goodbye. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Terry, Terry opened the, that door for me over there me. and uh, got me in. Awesome. What was a typical day like training in the dojo? Oh man, we got up. Me and me and Oihara, uh, they called him Grasshopper because they, uh, he was Tinner's boy. Uh, all the stars had you know had their own boy like Kikuchi. He was uh, Yatsu's, and Tinner uh, uh, had one. It was uh, uh, Oihara. He was my roommate. And uh, Baba, Baba, he had Kobashi. And, uh, man, a typical day over there, we would get up and we would start uh, um, uh, cleaning, doing laundry for, you know, for older guys and uh, cooking. And uh, we'd get out there and uh, start cleaning up the dojo. It would splash water in the rings uh, and, and sweep it and 
I keep it clean. Because we took a lot of bumps on that thing, man. And I'll never forget the the, the, the broom that we used. It's like uh, the the old old Tommy brooms, you know, like a bunch of twigs tied together, you know. Don't look, don't look like a, a typical plastic broom that you would see here in the States. But we used it every morning, man, on the, on the ring and trying to clean it up. And then we laid it on the, uh, our senpais, uh, what we call them, the older ones, the older guys to come out. And we would, uh, start stretching, do, uh, run, you know, certain, uh, uh, uh training procedures and, and reading and, uh, uh, then we'd get on our necks and, did a lot of bridges and Ogawa, he was the boss at the time. He was, uh, you know, he, he was the one with the most priority. So he would, he would come over there while we were bridging and, and, uh, uh, he would sit on our chest and while we touched our nose to the, to the mat and stayed up on our toes and in the bridge and, and then we started doing tackles. So ten tackles and, and, uh, um, we need the next guy, and then it would be Oihara, and then it would be me, and then it would be Oihara, and then we took up to 200, 250, 300 bumps a day on a, on a good day, and then uh, after that, uh, two to three hours in the ring, we would uh, always cook what they call chunko. So it's famous, it's a traditional food that goes way back, like to Simos and, uh, the sumo stables, they get a big pot and uh, rice, and you eat it along with rice. It's got like uh, shabu uh, meat. Uh, it would either consist of meat or uh, ground ground turkey, and you would uh, put it in there with vegetables like uh, a lot of cabbage, a lot of uh, mushrooms, and um, oriental oriental vegetables, tofu, and, uh, man, I really miss, I, 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 made, I made it once over here, <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know that I can uh, do it again, because I've about uh, forgot how to uh, do the recipe, but that was a typical day, and then, you know, we would always do the weight training, they had the, the weights and the dumbbells and the barbells and the bench out there, and uh, the training was so hard, man. I was, uh, they had earthquakes over there all the time. The first one I, w I was in, I, w I was so tired, I was sleeping upstairs uh, after training, and uh, it was shaking my bed, and I, and I looked up, and Ovi Harper was, uh, he was smiling and saying something in Japanese, and, and I seen that it didn't have an effect on him, so I, I was okay, so I just, I just laid my head back down and went to sleep, man. I mean, uh, that's how tired I was. I was and during my first earthquake over there. <laughs> what was the turnover to finish rate in the dojo? I mean, you, you must have seen a lot of, you know, gaijins and natives that went through the dojo and at some point just said, you know, the hell with it, I'm done. But, you know, you stuck through it. I mean, what was the turnover rate? Oh, man. I would say... Uh, Two, I would say two out of three uh, people would, would would not make it, man. I, uh, I see them take that uh, Shinkansen train from way up north uh, there to Tokyo, man, for a four, five, six-hour train ride. And, uh, man, this lasts for about 45 minutes, and uh I would be asking me, you know, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to be able to do it. You give my hand. I cannot. And they killed that train ride all the way back home, man, after after 45 minutes and going through what we, we was going through, you know. So it, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a walk in the park. I can certainly tell you that. Wow. And can you explain some of your duties in the dojo after the gym and ring work? Yeah. Yeah, man, uh, it pretty much consisted of cooking. I mean, we, we had Tobashi there, Takuchi, Ogawa, uh, John Tenta. I mean, these guys could put away a lot of food. Uh, we would uh, uh, go shopping, and, and you know, there's such a guy, you know how that guy all does. It's like a bazaar. 
before you left to join the dojo? Uh, just from what Terry told me, he said, prepare yourself, you know, and I, and I, and I tried to physically and mentally prepare myself because I knew that it wasn't uh, going to be, be easy. You know, I didn't speak any Japanese. My first lesson was from the airport on the way to Tokyo from the Reed Airport. It, it took about an hour and a half to two hours in uh, Momota, Ricky Dozan's son teaching me how to, how to count each <laughs> each and each son, you know, each and, and he was like scratching you remember that itchy <laughs> knee, he pointed to the knee that's one, two, three and, uh, and then son I mean, remember what the sun looks like and then they, in the daytime and then each and each son she, she like a female that, that's the number four and then go Go like and go take off running or go some, go somewhere. <laughs> That's number five. I never would have thought to put that together like that. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite people, both Japanese and Gaijins, to uh, work with uh, in those early years in all Japan? Oh man, oh, the early years, all I mean, just about it. I couldn't say. Yeah. Uh, anybody, I mean, Don Mike Smith, Smith, and uh, even David Boy, whenever he would come over there. Um, man, uh, I had some great matches with the Malenko brothers. You know, their style was good, you know, and then we did a lot of six mans, Terry and Doc and myself. Kenner was my hero, man. I, was, <laughs> I never did get to work him until uh, Noah made its uh, uh, premiere. Yeah. And, uh, it was such an honor to get in the ring with somebody that I admired so much. I got a VHS tape around her somewhere so popular because before I debuted, we had to stay outside. The young boys had to stay outside the gate and escort the, you know, the stars or whoever was forming to and from the ring. And uh, my first week there, uh, Kenru, uh, you know, it, it was his mind. He was, was a great mind in the way he did things. To hear the people stomp the floor. Yes. Something that I've never uh, witnessed before in my life. I mean, the finishes they could come up with, it was, it was on and on. And, you know, I thought, you know, this has got to be it. It would be it. And the people which went nuts. Him and Kawada and uh, Fuyuki. Oh, yeah, Footloose. Phenomenal. They had some phenomenal fits, man. They, even if it wasn't TV, too, I mean, we're talking shows that wouldn't, you know, unless there's pictures out there, nobody even knows about. And we call them regular house shows. Tell me what you felt when you were told during the summer of 1990, a little over a year into your career, that you would be working multiple singles matches against the Destroyer. Oh, yeah, man. Boy, somebody that, that's, you know, famous over there. Um, he wore that mask everywhere. But, yeah, I, I was, uh, and it was 89 that I went over there. I just spent my 18th birthday over there. Yeah, I, I had some great matches with him, man. He, could, he, was, he was smooth as silk. And, uh, man, he wore that mask everywhere. Boy, the security... I mean, he would wear them in airports. I don't know that he would be able to do it today in 2017, man, but I remember, 
Hammer Time seen him in the airport. He had that, that mask on. <laughs> I just saw him um, two months ago in Vegas, and I know the, the casinos have a rule about wearing masks inside of there, and basically his son would get him to the elevator, get him into the elevator, and then on the way up put his mask on for him. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt's a hell of a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I'm going I'm to come out to that reunion uh the uh, Cauliflower, is it the Cauliflower Alley Club? They do their thing every year. Yeah, they always do it the first, um, uh, the last weekend of April, first week of May. Uh, they usually do it like on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just so they don't interfere with any of the boys' bookings. Yeah, if I can do, do my schedule, I gotta, I work armed security for the government, man, so I. Wow. I, I, uh, yeah. It's a contract position with TVA. Uh, it's pretty busy. I'm on, uh, uh, what was it like to work with both Andre the Giant and Giant Baba in the ring? Oh, man. It, words can't describe. I mean, they were both, they would look like they were crushing you, but it, it's just, you know, going there and taking bumps and selling for somebody that, that that's, over, that's over with the crowd uh, that much. And Andre... And then Bob was going at it with each other, and the people, the people would just go nuts. It was, it was a great to be part, a great to witness it. Another match, a house show that wasn't on TV. To Terry, Terry and I got to tag against uh, uh, Andre and uh, with Marty and Louie. Uh, Andre would uh, put you, you know, put a couple guys in the corner and, and back up against them like he was squashing them. I mean, we just. Terry Terry was on top of me. I was in the, in the turnbuckle, and Andre just backed up, but he put his arm in, and Terry and the Terry and the old man were just sold it like a million bucks, and people thought we were getting getting squished to death, and it, it was just it was a whole lot of fun, man. It was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> now, which tag partners would you say that you have the the most chemistry with in the ring over the years? Oh, man, I, I would say. Scorpio, my uncle, and even some of the guests that I held out. There was, there was just so much talent. Masawa, even. Yeah. He talked about talent, man. As somebody that gave it all. I mean, he literally gave it all, man. He passed away in the ring. Yeah. Somebody that gave their whole life to the business. I mean, even literally. I like that, man. It's something else. Yeah. Now, was there anyone from the States that you wished All Japan would have brought in during the 90s? You know, I, w I would say, uh, I, w I would say so. That, uh, I'm sure that there was, but, you know, uh, keeping up uh, as far as Gaijin goes. Yeah, Gaijin, yeah. I, I, w I wish we could have had Vader on our side, man. He would, back then, and eventually he did go to all Japan, but uh, uh, New Japan had some decent talent over there, man, for guys yeah. uh, Scott Norton and Vader and uh, even Scorpio. He, he trained over there. With, uh, yeah. They call it Shin the Hone, and we were Zen the Hone. All, all Japan is Zen the Hone. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they put me to answer on the phone, because I really couldn't understand what people were saying, but they would always ask for somebody like Masawa-san or Ogawa-san, I, I would say, uh, when the phone would ring, here, here's how you're supposed to answer it. You go, you go, uh, Zinihon Parores Gashkujo Des. The Gashkujo was the, like, dormitory the, in the dojo. <laughs> so, and then by the time they, <laughs> I don't guess they thought I was a gaijin because, you know, I was speaking Japanese and they couldn't see me. And then they would say somebody's name, like uh, Miss Allison or Ogawa-san. And I said, hi, Chakamate Kudasai, which means hold on for a second. Not go get whoever they requested. Now, I've read and I've seen multiple stories about you uh, being pretty close to Misawa outside of the ring. Uh, mind what? telling us any stories about Misawa? Oh, man. He, he was a, a super nice guy. He was going out and eating and uh, singing at the karaoke. Uh, yeah, when I first went over there, I would, I'd 
the karaoke that they had. The only two songs was like uh, uh, this is Yesterday by the Eagles and Love Me Tender and uh, uh, by Elvis. And I was like, man, if this if this stuff if if this uh, kind of thing could get over in the United States, it would be it would be huge. And it wasn't long so long. Karaoke is how it's pronounced. And, you know, I'm from the South. <laughs> and, and hearing these guys around here that are karaoke, we're going to sing some karaoke. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it did. It got over big. So Misawa would literally sing Elvis and, and other, like, karaoke no, songs? No, it, it would be me singing. They, they would sing the Japanese songs, you know, Misawa, some of those. Oh. Yeah, famous Japanese songs, but uh, yeah, he was he was saying, you know, you know, how he did a couple in him, and he would let loose. Didn't you and Misawa um, take trips to? I believe it was like like Joel Goodhart's Tri-State Wrestling to go check out the talent. Oh yeah, man, we we did that, and, and they even came over here. Uh, I did it. That was whenever I was nineteen. I met him in Dallas. Dallas Airport, him and Fuji. Oh wow! And, uh, while we were in Dallas, that was whenever the uh, one of the Von Ayers killed himself. Uh, was it Chris? Uh, was, Terry was ninety three. Chris was like ninety one, I believe. Ninety one. Yeah, it had to be ninety one because I was only nineteen. We went to Dallas, scouting talent. The sport, the sportatorium was still open. Mm -hmm. They they ended up bringing the Young Blood Brothers over. And uh, went to, uh, uh, where else did we go? We went to Florida, Tampa, and uh, uh, watched some of uh, uh, Malenko's dad's show. I, I don't know, is Malenko's dad still alive? Um, I don't think Boris is. I, I know Jody and Dean are still around, but I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think Boris is around anymore. And we went to Philadelphia, and uh, uh, what what's uh, that guy's, I forget his name. We went to Memphis. Uh, that's where uh, Lawler, he was still running the uh, call at Memphis Coliseum once a week. Went to New York City. Uh, there at the last, uh, I don't think we had any uh, matches. It was just going up there to, to visit New York. But, yeah, we, we see Philadelphia, Memphis, Texas, Dallas. And we made about a week of it. Wow. Yeah, I remember being 18 years old and uh, uh, talking to Dave Scherer, who now runs PW Insider, and he was, like, telling me, because we were huge All Japan fans, and he was telling me he's got a tri-state show, and he's all, I'm pretty sure I was sitting near Misawa and Richard Slinger looking back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah we, 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 trust that we, we, what channel was that here, man? That was, like, Eddie Gilbert, Mick Foley, um, DC Drake, uh, they, they were pretty yeah. known for their, like, blood matches and stuff. Was that in Philadelphia? Yes, that was in Philly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Bam Bam Bigelow was there. That's right, Luna Vachon. He was talking to him backstage, man. Yeah. Now, for those who have always wanted to know how things went, how did you know who you would be wrestling on the tour? Did you find out the day of the show, or were complete matches listed ahead of time? All Japan, it was always the day of, man. It had it posted by the time we got there. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, whenever we were young boys, whenever I was, I was still in training, the first thing we did was, you know, we, we never broke kayfabe. You know, I, I'm sure the business would have lasted a, a lot longer and been a lot more entertaining had people kept their mouths shut, but it's hard, it's hard for a lot of them to do it, but uh, the first thing we did is we were getting off the bus three hours before the show even starts. We would tape up all the windows with newspaper. You know, we really was strict about that. I mean, that would probably get you fired. Now, wasn't there three tour buses? There was Misawa's tour bus, the other tour bus with the Japanese on it, and then there was the Gaijin tour bus, correct? Right. Well, actually, it was Chinner's bus at All Japan. Okay, got it. Chinner's bus, and then uh, 
the uh, Baba's bus, and then there was the Gaiji bus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I got some great pictures, man. And Jerry, over four even before I went, was going over there, I was uh, it was on some of the tours. You you would know many of the guys. Rick Flair was was one of them. Wow. Uh, so so I got pictures of him and the Shin uh, Conson train, the the Super Shin uh, Conson. They called the Bullet Train, Super Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. And you know, standing in the uh, uh, I guess it's the the train depot, you know, the, the things come flying through, and it's like a split second, and they even slow down to whenever they approach one of those. Uh, uh, you know, podiums like where you're going to board the train if it's going to stop, but if it's not stopping, it's going straight through. It's like boom, boom, and they slow down. I'm like, wow, that is uh, that's just crazy. Wow, super, super fast. Now, um, how come you took a year off, year and a half off, the end of '95 to early 1997? Were you injured at the time? Uh, yeah, I blew. Uh, let's see. No, 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 no. I, I, I just want to join the military. I think I, I think I joined the military in '98. I needed rest, and uh, my uh, my son was born in '90. Let's say he was born in '97. Going over there every tour, it, it can it, it can get to you. You know, some people snap, some people can. It don't have any impact on. I mean, people like Stan Hansen. If we just take a book, and, you know, he was calm, cool, and collective. That way, uh, they would they would have to uh, kill it with booze or with, with something to keep their mind off of what everything is going on. You go over there in the hotels. You don't have any English channels. Uh, all of it's Japanese. And, the beds are, are pretty much small, and the bathrooms are very small. <laughs> and sometimes, you, you know, if you don't get out and walk and some of that stuff, get your mind off of it. It feels like those waffles are closing in on you, you know. Terry would call it uh, deep, dark, miserable depression sometimes. That's what it, uh, that was his name for it. Deep, dark, miserable depression. Um, now, what was with the whole tornado gimmick when you came back to the company in '97 on your first tour? Yeah, I was tagging uh, uh, with Hayabusa. They brought in Haya. I guess that's it. Am I saying it right? Hayabusa. Yeah, Hayabusa. Yeah. Yeah, they had me tagging with him that tour because he was. Uh, uh, I mean, he was famous over there. Oh yeah. They, they brought him from another company. FMW. Yeah. He, he, was a, he had some skill. He was like a cat. I, mean, mm-hmm. I was like, man, he was back there smoking cigarettes and he could move like that. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, just like a cat. He was agile like a cat. So that tornado gimmick, that was just for that tour, and, and after yeah. that you just went back to being uh, Richard Slinger. Yeah. It wasn't too far after that whenever I... Uh, Stayed out a couple of years and joined the military, and well, I was 27 at the, at the time I did that. And uh, uh, about three years in the military, uh, maybe maybe two and a half, I get a call while I was on vacation in Gatlinburg from uh, uh, from Steve Williams. Uh, this is uh, whenever they're getting ready to split and create their own company. Peggy Missile was taking all the boys, and so they call it.
got in, thank God they had a, a flight that would go continuously from Atlanta to uh, uh, Tokyo and Rita, and it was 14, 14 hours in the air, man. Wow. So, but uh, before that, while I was still all Japan, sometimes uh, I, I would go to like Chicago. I would go to Atlanta, then Chicago to catch the uh, uh, Japan Airlines 747. But uh, before that, it was uh, to get from my my home to the uh, hotel or the or, or the Gosky Joe, whichever one I was staying at. It was it was 26 hours, man. That, that that's including layovers and and drive time. Wow. So, 20, 26 hours, man, of traveling. Now, I, I do need to ask, how did that match with Jeff Hardy in North Carolina in 98 come about? Oh, man, I, uh, I, I get a call from uh, Brad Price, man. And, uh, man, bless his heart, as much as I was, I was baked for just about every one of his shows, because uh, back then you didn't have the Internet, you, you couldn't really get, do your – directions, and, and I was like, you know, I looked at the map, it looked pretty close. I wrestled for him, uh, uh, you know, three or four times, and uh, wrestled some broadways with uh, Rob Van Dam, and uh, that, I think this one was near Raleigh, or uh, uh, right outside of Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, man, it's an eight-hour drive. So this was what somebody told me, and, and then we got in the car and, you know, and it's a wonder we didn't get several tickets, but we didn't get the first ticket. And I, I showed up and uh, the sec- second match was on. And I had to get hurry up and get my gear on and uh, Greg Price put that together. It was nice of him to bring, to bring me back, man, after being late. <laughs> now, you were right in the middle of the whole jump from all Jan- all Japan to pro wrestling, Noah. I think you touched on this a little bit earlier but who contacted you to make the jump, and was there any hesitation to do it? Well, uh, it was it was Remy Momota, you know, the guy that picked me up from uh, for all Japan whenever I was seventeen. Picked me up at the airport, and I, I taught me how to count. Well, it was uh, uh, her father, uh, and she was at Remy Momota. Mm-hmm. You know, as a she speaks very good English. She she came over here and went to college, I think, somewhere in California. I don't know where, but well, very good English. And she uh, uh, called me and said, you know, this is a uh, uh, representative uh, Noah. And, uh, uh, and I told her, I, said, I was wondering about what was going on because uh, uh, I just got a call from uh, Steve Williams. Uh, about uh, about it, and uh, you know they they told me what I would be making, and I was like, shoot, yeah, I'll be I'll be there. Nice. I had to fly to, I've had to fly to Hawaii and go to the consulate to get my uh, visa uh, situated, and uh, from there, man, it was it was uh, you know just a matter of the, the first tour. Uh, and I forget what they could have had a name for it, a takeoff or. Navigation, you know, and they had some of those uh, names because it was they based it on space flight. Now, to your knowledge, why didn't Doc make the jump to Noah? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess uh, Mrs. Baba, my Poco was her name, Poco son. Uh, she probably took very well care of him. I, I mean, back whenever Terry, before his accident, man, he, they were making a whole lot of money. A whole lot of money. That didn't have anything to worry about. Given such a big push by Baba, you know, uh, I would say that Makoko gave him an offer that he just couldn't refuse. Yeah. Uh, out of the Japanese, it was only uh, Kawada, uh, Fuchi, and Chohei, the referee that uh, that stayed, and again, Kea, the Moss Man, Moss Man Kea. Yeah, and you know, I saw Williams, Hanson. Uh, Scorpio was there for a bit, but you know, originally, or, or you know, made the jump to Noah a, a, a little bit later. Right. Now, was there a possibility in your mind that All Japan was going to shut down because of ninety-seven percent of the roster leaving? 
no, you know, I remember Tanru leaving and, and kind of had a big impact on Bobo, but uh, that's whenever Misawa came out from under the mask and started getting a pussy. Bobo knew how to make uh, uh, money, man, and he would, he would bring in more guy jeans to fill in the slots. And uh, uh, that's when I started going to every tour. I have three weeks off, but with all Japan, brother, I tell you, it, it was so much harder on the body. With spend New Year's in, in the air, when I was left like on the 31st, spend New Year's in the air would be the it would be uh, the second. I think it would be the second of January, whenever we finally got there. Because there's that 14 hour time difference, and the time changes here. It's 13 hours. Man, with the all jet lagged out, we always have TV. That, that January tour was a four-weeker, and maybe we would, you know, we, we would go five, six days, man, without having a day off at time. Yeah. You know, those four-week tours was, was, a killer, was a killer, and we have two, two, two and a half, three weeks off between tours, and it took a week of uh, uh, getting over the jet lag that's coming and going. Jet lag is pretty serious stuff, man. You wake up. Uh, wake up at two o'clock in the morning. You ready? To, you know you're ready. Like, you are ready to jump up and down and, and, and do something. That, that's why they, I guess uh, uh, a lot of the boys, uh, you know, had their own sleeping medication and was uh, prescribed it. That jet lag. Now, how many tours of Japan did you have throughout your entire career? Uh, with Noah and all Japan, I would say yeah. about seventy. 70 round trips, but sometimes I, I stayed over there uh, in between tours whenever I was, uh, was training with all Japan, I would stay over there for the for the three weeks until the next tour, so uh, 75, 80 tours maybe. I flew over there about 70 round trips right at it, and my last one, man, I, I got so sick, I had an infection called gastroenterocolitis, and uh, it scared me. You know, because they wanted me to come back, and, you know, I think I got over here, I went to see my doctor, and he said, that, you know, I had a secondary infection from the gastroenterocolitis. It was messing with my pancreas, and I was looking at pan having pancreatitis, and he said, that can be lethal. Take care of it, so I was like, wow. That's a soul searching, and, uh, you know, got out gracefully. Yeah, you know, I, I, I eventually I want to be able to fish and hunt with my grandkids once once I have some, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, did you have a retirement ceremony, or, or was this? Yeah. yeah you, so you found this out in two thousand five, two thousand six, and and that was it, right? Yeah, it was it. They called me and wanted to know if I was okay and when I was coming back, if if I, you know, but I wanted to stay here, raise my raised my family, and I eventually had a, another son in 2003. My life was going good, man. I was a bail bondsman. I was a private investigator. It made, made a real good uh, living doing that. I was able to build my own house. You, you know, going in and getting your, going and arresting these bond jumpers, I would spend more to go to fly like places in Spokane, Washington, rent a car and pick them up in Missoula, Montana rather than have to pay them off because I wanted it to uh, I want to have I wanted to have a good rapport with all the uh, all the judges so I was I would say that I was the only company in this county uh, to have a 100% appearance rate before the uh, before I went out of business for for 20 years 20 years man I, I had that company going now what would you say were the biggest differences between working for all Japan and then later working for NOAA? Well, NOAA uh, took better care as far as physical, uh, which is ironic because the Misawa, he, he ended up passing away the way he did, but they, they did uh, take better care as far as, you know, not put too much stress on your body. And like every three days, you would have at least one or two days off, which was great. And uh, uh, the tours never lasted four weeks. Yeah, it was it was, it was great, man. Uh, the way they took care, and give give you time to recoup. 
after you had a whole match, you know. And I tell you, I was fan, brother. We we went hard. We, we really went hard. There in the early nineties, and if you couldn't go, man, you wouldn't be coming back. There was a general consensus in the nineties, you know, especially in the early to mid nineties, that no doubt all Japan was the hardest hitting product out there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and some of the uh, things, man, you would, uh, would get hurt, like, uh, uh, you know, get a, a sore neck. But the crowd didn't even notice, uh, you know, what you – they only notice what, what you're selling. And, and, and if you get hit, like uh, Kawada doing a clothesline or kicking you in, in the face or whatever, you, I mean, of course, you're going to sell it. But some things, like getting a, a, a finger in the eye, Something that really does hurt the crowd doesn't even notice, and that's that's you know that's what's kind of ironic about being in the business. You know, the the stuff that hurts the worst, the, the crowd does not even notice. And, and some of the things they didn't notice, uh, things that would break bones and break noses. I remember Terry coming back uh, to the corner, tagging out uh, with a doc. We were having a six man with Stan and Johnny Ace and some uh, some other guys in. And he come back just been tagged out and his flipping nose, I swear, was on the side of his face. And I thought, God, what happened to you? <laughs> and uh, he said that effing Johnny Ace. <laughs> and this is how crazy he was. He wouldn't go to the doctor or anything. He straightened out his own nose, man. He put it back in place. He reset it himself. I'm sure probably uh, uh, took him uh, down in a couple first before he uh, before he worked up enough nerve to do that. But some, uh, some of those things, you know, was uh, not noticeable. Now the annual tradition every year in all Japan is that annual battle royal that they held, uh, like in, in January at I believe it, it's Korakin where they hold it. Um, yeah, Korakin yeah. Hall, Hall. Yeah, and you you won it '93, didn't you? Yeah. Looking back, what do you remember from that night? Oh man, it was yeah, it was sold out first day, and I, I remember that they were a lot of fun, man. Those battle royals to get in there, and they always tell you don't take bumps in battle royals you know, unless you get down to the last two or three people because you're gonna. You know, get hurt or hurt somebody else. It's a lot of fun, man. Get in there and, you know, first of all, you don't have to take a bump, so you're tying up and punching, kicking, squeezing, or whatever, you know. Now, do you still follow wrestling nowadays, whether the state or in Japan? Uh, man, I really don't. Uh, uh, I stay in touch with Michael Hayes. You know, he, he works for Vince, and mm -hmm. uh, he got my boys uh, some tickets for. Uh, the local show here in Chattanooga. I uh, took them to uh, the show here. But uh, other than that, now I really don't watch it a lot. I know there's Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, come on, because I, I, work, I work a lot of nights here. I don't think it comes on uh, here anyway. It comes on at night. I go once a week, and I, I'll, I'll watch it for a few minutes sometimes if I'm going through the channels. But... Uh, you know, they got some. Some of them are pretty impressive. You know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I don't know why Kenta is, is still with the next organization where he should be starring for Vince uh, and, and you know, and, uh, main attraction. You know, who is that? I'm, I'm glad that they. I'm glad that they put uh, uh, Mark. What's his name? Uh, Nakamura. Oh yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they put him in there. I'm uh, glad uh, that AJ, AJ Styles got a push, too, man. It looks like he was coming up in the Indies. took him forever. I remember Ray, my cousin Ray, <laughs> had a single match with him in town, like Joe Rome, Georgia, and other independent shows. He was uh, deserving of getting a good push. AJ was. Now, you still in contact with Ray nowadays? Oh, yeah, I stay in contact with him, man. He's doing great. He's uh, a SWAT police officer. He's staying busy doing that, man. He gets a, a thrill out of the SWAT team. He's got a picture of him with the, uh, the battering ram.
Yeah, I mean, you you had an amazing career in Japan, and, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, look back and remember you fondly. You had some wonderful matches, you know, junior heavyweight matches and tag team matches over the years and stuff. Um, do you have any highlights looking back, like what comes to mind when you look back on your career that, you know, you, you think of uh, first? Oh, I would say the, the biggest thing that I can remember is uh, uh, the Tokyo Dome show and it almost been sold out. Uh, I don't, I think it was about 60, 60 thousand, maybe a little over that. But uh, that that was one thing. You know, I, I was kind of because they they drove us in a van, uh, like an SUV, to the place where we wanted to walk down the ring in Scorpio, Scorpio and myself, and. Uh, uh, Tokyo Dome is a huge place. I remember seeing the screen, and I, I had it in my mind. I said, "Who cares what we want to do?" Um, because the finish was on me uh, putting Hashi in the uh, in the choo choo. I didn't eat this way. You didn't see me staring up at the villain, and it didn't have an impact on me. Mm-hmm. So, I knew what it was. And uh, I never had to uh, uh, overcome being intimidated by the crowd, to be honest. It's what you got to do. You got to put your face on, man. Go out there and, and, and do it. Set music plays. You're ready to walk the aisle, man. It's, it's, it's time to go and try to set the crowd down or, or stand them up. Abdul the Butcher was famous for saying that. He said, you got to know how to stand them up. You got to know how to set them down. That was his nickname, Champ, because he would call everybody Champ. That's heavy. That's heavy, Chuck. I can say that. Now, do you have any final words for the listeners out there who look back on your career and remember it fondly? Oh man, hey, uh, stay strong and get your uh, education and, and don't give up on your dreams, man. If you can dream it, it's not impossible. The sky's the limit. Don't quit. Start something. Especially, don't quit. Well, I thank you so much for your time, Mr. Slinger. You've been an excellent guest, and I really appreciate you giving me this time here to interview you, and I hope down the road that we can do it again. Yeah, I do too, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to to hearing you again soon. All right. You take care. All right. Take care. Hello, this is professional comedy wrestler Kiku Taro from Osaka, Japan. <laughs> you are listening Japanese wrestling classic with Roy Lucier. Bye. Well, there you go, everyone. There is my interview with Richard Slinger. I hope you all enjoyed it. And thank you as well to Kiku Taro for that wonderful shout out there. Just so everyone knows, I thought I'd pass along to everybody that I literally have been able to reach out to quite a few people within the business ever since my first episode. I don't want to spoil anything because I think part of the excitement of doing this is being able to announce guests at a decent pace and not rushing too far ahead. But let's just say that I have enough guests lined up for the rest of the year uh, once every couple weeks, and the thought of that really makes me happy, that I get to be that middleman that reaches out to these people. I just I feel I have some great, great episodes ahead for everybody. So please, thank you for your support. Pass the word around. I really, really want to thank the wrestling community and my family for the support on the show. You know, this past weekend I was at a couple shows, and I just I really had a lot of networking out there so i have uh one guest already lined up in the future that a lot of you will will easily know but i've gotten a lot of like inboxes from past all japan stars current wrestling stars that have been able to locate past all japan stars for me and i i'm just letting you know everyone there are big things planned ahead with this show and i'm just happy to be able to reach out there and to do something like this. So I just really want to see this show take off, and I want to thank you all for listening. Before we go, I just wanted to throw this out there. Uh, You know, some people that have helped along the way that I really want to thank. 
everyone, don't forget, if you live in the Northern California area, StocktonCon is coming up on August 19th and 20th in the city of Stockton. Um, come meet a very close friend of mine, Scott Schwartz, from A Christmas Story, who's bringing along Zach Ward, uh, the guy who played Scott Farkas, the bully in uh, A Christmas Story. Also, for Stargate fans out there, come meet Alexis Cruz, who will be there as well. And also, pro wrestlers Hurricane Helms and Rey Mysterio will also be there as well. Rey Mysterio will be Sunday only. I wanted to thank Heroes and Legends Wrestling. They'll be running as well in Ohio on September 1st and November 11th. Also, check out their website for premium merchandise and autographed at great prices. 2K Sports as well, thank you so much for your help with this show. Uh, check out their line of NBA and upcoming WWE games. I'm really actually looking forward. I know this is a Japanese show, but I just want to say I'm really looking forward to the roster announcement that's coming out SummerSlam weekend. Uh, Kikataro as well, as you heard by the announcement. Uh, check out his Pro Wrestling Tees line. He's got some great stuff there that I really uh, – <laughs> I have a couple shirts myself. You know, I'm a firm believer, and this, this guy's wonderful. You know how many people, you know, come to, from Japan that want to live out their dream in the United States, and this man is doing it. Very, very great guy. He's wonderful to me, wonderful to my family, and I'm asking everyone out there, check out his line on Pro Wrestling Tees, and, you know, decide for yourself if you want to get a shirt or not, but I definitely recommend them. And I, I have a couple myself. Even, even my mother-in-law has one. And uh, Mr. Athletic check, Jeff Cobb, check out his line on Pro Wrestling Keys as well. Book that brown guy. I guarantee you, if you're a promoter and you want to have some of the best current wrestling out there, bring in Jeff Cobb. Not only is he a wonderful addition in the ring, but the guy will light up your locker room as well. That's something I personally can vouch for. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another edition of Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time here on Japanese Wrestling Classics with Roy Lusher.